0: If you're an educator who loves to travel, then join us on a trip with our friends at Teach With Love Global. They're a woman and BIPOC-owned teacher travel organization that offers stress-free teacher retreats where you can unwind with the community where you're being understood. 100% of the proceeds go to helping underserved students travel the world. The vibe on these trips is always lingering rather than rushing, where you expand your cultural knowledge Gain personal breakthroughs while you travel in places like Switzerland, Peru, Spain, and Egypt. Spots are limited, so check availability at teachwithlove.com. Welcome to our classroom. In this space, we talk about education, which is inclusive of, but not limited to, what happens in schools. Education is taking place whenever and wherever we are willing to learn. I am your host, Roberto Germán, and our classroom is officially in session. In this episode of Our Classroom, we have Isis Ortiz Belton. Isis is the VP of Eastern Bank. She's also an active community leader and diversity, equity, and inclusion champion. ISIS is the president of the Boston chapter of the Association of Latino Professionals for America, Alpha. Isis holds a BA in mathematics and a BA in business management from Emmanuel College, Master of Science and Finance from New England Institute of Business at Cambridge College, and a Master of Business Administration from Bentley University. Our topic today is Extraordinary Latina. All right, y'all in for a treat. We got Isis Ortiz Belton. And I'm excited because if you don't know, I actually had Isis as a student at Central Catholic High School in Lawrence, Massachusetts, when, back when, all right, we're going to leave it at that, (laughs) back when. That's right. Uh, I was early in my career, second year educator, Isis was a senior there and she did not need my support whatsoever because she was flying solo, doing what she had to do, taking care of business. I love students like that, you know, (laughs) just like sit back and, you know, let them make me look good. And so, Isis, (laughs) it's a pleasure to have you here, been watching your journey from afar, seeing all the wonderful things you were doing, serving on board, serving as VP, um, just just doing your thing. So thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the way that you are repping the <laughs> Lawrence, Massachusetts community and all that you were doing. Um, so happy to have you here.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> thank you for that introduction. I'm really, really excited to be here. So good to see you. Um, I, I don't even know what to say. You, you, you went far and beyond and I feel like, uh, you know, I now have to, big, big shoes to fill.
0: <laughs> no, no, you've gone far and beyond. So I got to give you the intro that you merit. All right. All
1: right. Take that. That's right. That's right. I'll take that. So listen,
0: you know, <laughs> I mentioned you are VP of a bank of Eastern bank. So you're bossed up, you're doing big things, uh, serving as trustee of a charter school network. You got mad degrees. <laughs> I was reading your resume. I'm like, oh my goodness, ISIS doesn't stop going doing the school thing. You got two masters, two bachelors. You your master. You got a master's in mathematics, if I remember correctly, and in
1: finance, Close and finance. So <laughs>
0: two two subject areas that kind of scare me. Uh, <laughs> so, so props to you. Can you describe your education journey? Including education beyond schools, because part of what we do here on our classroom, part of the platform's focus is talking about the fact that education does not just happen in schools. It's inclusive of what happens in schools, but it extends itself beyond. And so I'm interested to hear about your education journey, including beyond schools.
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, and, you know, what can I say? I think certainly the foundation starts with the fact that I was raised by a Dominican mother, right? Who certain, who placed a significant value on education. Uh, and, you know, growing up in Lawrence, where, you know, by the time I got to high school, I had already gone to five different schools. You know, that really made me realize that getting an education was really my way, my ticket um, of what I thought of the, of the time as the hood, Right. Um, and so I, I went to Central Catholic, I attended um, Central um, to, to which I got in after I was waitlisted. Uh, and still to this day, I oh, wonder, yeah. actually, <laughs> I wonder where's that piece I painted in art class that was hanging in Mr. German's office, <laughs> but but <laughs> that's separate, right? I digress. Um, but you know i attended central and uh it was as you know that's um it's a it's a school in lawrence where at the time i could count with my fingers really the the folks that were in my class that were from lawrence even though it was, mm. it was a lawrence based school and but i i would say that despite all of that um being present in sort of that atmosphere it it did prepare me well um for what was to come after that right um and then it was in at, at central that i actually found my affinity for for math and for numbers right before that i it was it was not something um that i was passionate about and 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 there it sort of something clicked in you know j- junior year uh but you know i think the do you uh, remember
0: was it a particular teacher or just the experience of the math courses
1: i i think it was honestly it was geometry because i'm like that's pretty easy math <laughs> <laughs> right, and so I did really well in that. Isis,
0: class. Isis, you're insulting me right now. I did terrible <laughs> in geometry, but all
1: right, go bet, ahead. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> let that slide. I'm gonna let that slide.
1: All right, all right. Um, but I think it was a sort of that, and then the fact that I did well with um, after that in all of my math classes. Um, and I just before that I hadn't. And so, and I don't, I don't know necessarily where it came from because even at Central, there were other passions that I was developing, right? So I, I I did well in art, hence why you had that (laughs) picture in your office, Um, and other aspects of myself that I was certainly developing, right? But in terms of um, really academics, I think that was just an area that I was like, oh, okay, wow, I I didn't think that I, I, um, you know, numbers I think are scary for for for, I feel for Hispanics, for people in our culture, Mm -hmm. um, particularly when you think about numbers um, in the sense of society and what we live here in the United States, right? Um, And and financial literacy, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But um, overall, I think Central prepared me well to, you know, to go on um, to, to, to where I went to after that. And I'll say that even before that, the college admission process wasn't easy, right? So um, not, not because right. Central wasn't providing the supports where they could, uh, but because, you know, the FAFSA process was foreign to my Dominican mother, who, yep, yep, who you know, she still she she couldn't speak English, let alone read it. Um, so, but, you know, fortunately we managed through that process. Um, and, you know, my, I think my good grades and my active participation, whether it was at the Boys and Girls Club or, you know, extracurricular activities, all of that really served me well, Um and ultimately, I ended up applying to, to five different schools, um, and, and I did get into all five of them, which was which was great. And that, to me, is is a big proud moment, right? Because I think we sort of grow up in, um, you know, where we feel like the cards are stacked against us, and oftentimes we're told that we may not amount to be anything, um, particularly when you come from a city like Lawrence. Uh, so, you know. I, I was lucky that I had options and that I had all of that to look forward to. And ultimately, um, it really came down to a full ride at Suffolk University or a decent financial aid package at Emmanuel College. Um, and I actually chose the latter, believe it or not. Um, and I. I think for me, it was really, uh, one, Suffolk University, it's it's not an enclosed campus, so that my mom, my mom was not having that. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's hard to understand. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It was already hard enough that I was even thinking of going away to college, right? right? And being you know, away, she's like, why can't you just go to like Northern Essex or something like that? I'm like, well, there's, you know, there's other things that I would like to do. Um, and, and Emmanuel, for me, it was, I went to visit um, during multicultural weekend, which of, co- of course, that's when you pull out the, the students of color. And I, I don't. You don't know any better, right? So you're coming from Lawrence. You're like, oh wow, you know, there's um, there is a lot of people who look like me here, but 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 what you don't realize is that that's all of them out for right. the day, <laughs> right? And so you know, but but for me, it was still a good experience. And so that combined with my mom's opinion, right, sort of made me go 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 with Emmanuel. And I just I felt good. And believe it or not, Emmanuel is a Catholic um, college. And so it reminded me of all, a lot about, of Central, mm, right? Yeah, so it Correct. felt like
0: an extension of, of totally, sorts.
1: Totally, Um, So, you know, that's ultimately where I ended up. And, you know, af- after all of that, I began actually as an art minor um, and a business major. I and did I-
0: not know that you began as an art minor.
1: hmm yep. So I actually, at Central, I got the art award when I graduated um, and the Spanish award. But I know, I know, I won't, I know you are like, oh, well, that was easy. Uh, <laughs> um, and I always thought that I, you know, I don't know what I would do with it, but it was a passion of mine, drawing and painting. Um, and I wanted that to be part of whatever I endeavored in in the future. I don't know in what capacity, right? Because you're still learning. You're still trying to figure things out. Sure. And, you know, when I got to Emmanuel, I was like, well, that's easy. I I, I know I want to be a businesswoman. I'm going to do that part, right? And then I'll, I'll minor in art because I know that I'm good at it and it's a passion. Um it took all about basic drawing 101 for me to get a C plus and i was like excuse me who gets a C plus in
0: art right. never uh, ne- i've yeah. never had a C plus
1: <laughs> so it, it was a little discouraging um, for me uh, but all the while that was happening i was already working on my business degree right cuz i was doing that simultaneously um and i had a part of your business degree you have to take some business courses so i um I was taking a math course that was necessary for that. And I, I remember Dr. Rose, who was, um, she's no longer at Emanuel, but she was there at the time. And she, you know, she was, she kind of pushed me there. I don't know what it was she saw in me, but she saw something. Um, and she really pushed me to minor um, in math. And for me, it was hard because, believe it or not, she was the only person, aside from my close-knit circle, right? She was the only person that was saying, you can do this, Um to, to, and I know that I was just minoring, but at that time it was a big deal, right? Like math, not many people like math, um, and and so I I took that on, and it was easy to do that when you get a C plus and basic drawing, right? So, so that that was easy, um, and I think it also complemented my business degree really well, especially if I had these thoughts of potentially being an analyst in Wall Street and all of that. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, I kept on at it, and I was really involved while I was in college. I, uh, you know, I was a, eventually became an RA. I was an orientation leader. I was a treasurer for the Hispanic Club on campus, the Black Student Union. Um, eventually, the vice president of president of the Rainbow Connection. So always clearly involved um, all the while having a part time job off campus because right somebody has to be, has to pay that tuition. Right. Um, and, you know, but I, even with all of that going on, um, I was still pushed to even go further. And um, Dr. Rose was like, you know, I, I think you have it in you. And I honestly think that you should double major. I'm like, what in the world? Like, no way. Wow. Like, a Latina mathematician? I'm like, no, that doesn't exist. Like, I've, not, I've certainly never seen one, never heard of one, never seen anyone teaching in that capacity. I had a Latina teacher on my business classes, right? But that's really... That's really it. Um, And so, you know, uh, that's when sort of like imposter syndrome starts to kick in. And you're like, can I even Mm, do that? Talk about it, it?" yeah. Um, You know, am I even deserving, if I were to get there, to have that kind of degree or to to be able to say that I have those accolades? Uh, And, you know, now I know, hell yeah. But at the time, it can seem scary and daunting. But, you know, needless to say, I I took on, um, I took it on. I took on that, that sort of task. And, you know, I'm proud to say that I, I graduated with both degrees. And, you know, it certainly wasn't easy. Um, but, you know, I think it's it prepared me to to go on into, you know, to the real world. And after that, I, I, I was really trying to find, you know, a space where, you know, because I, I started off a nonprofit doing microfinance work right out of college. And I went on quickly did my shift to corporate, mainly because I'm ambitious and I have to sort of, um, to me, I was, I was trying to balance my desire to have financial freedom in the future with my desire to want to give back to the community at the same time. Um, so I made, I made the choice, I made the choice to go corporate and, um, you know, but I, I, I also felt like I was missing something. Um, I wanted to grow on my career as a leader, uh, and I also wanted to do other things within the community, but career for me was first, right? Cause I was like, go, 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 sure. go. <laughs> So you know, a couple years into that corporate career, I was working at John Hancock Financial Services in their um, bond and investment group. I decided to go back and get my master's in finance after unsuccessfully failing <laughs> of passing or didn't pass the CFA exam, which I tried to take twice. Um, so I, you know, it goes to show like there's always some bumps along the road. And initially, master's in finance wasn't necessarily in the picture. Uh but I went ahead and did that and it, it was great. I took advantage of, you know, tuition reimbursement through my employer. So I was working full time and going to school part time. Right. Great I, benefit to have. Very great benefit. Definitely encourage anyone to take advantage of whether it's that or just professional development dollars, right? First courses right. on the side or anything like that.
0: Courses, um, certificates.
1: All of that stuff. And you know, through that, right when I was finishing that, I remember I was Sort of looking. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in Boston at this point. You know, I I was um I had finished school. I was living there. I was working there. I certainly had my friends. Uh, you know, I wasn't in a relationship. But then I was like, where Where are the other people who look like me? Right. I don't have. I shouldn't have to drive to JP to Center Street to get at Jimmy and to feel like I'm around my people. Right. You know, like. Mm. One, and two, where are the people who I know are going to the same exact journey that I'm going through, right? Whether they're students, professionals, and I'm here trying to get to this level, right? I'm not seeing them at my job, right? I don't mm. see Latina women in finance in leadership positions. So where are they? I know they exist. Um, and, you know, that's when when Raisa from from the Boys and Girls Club introduced me to Radimus, who I, for some reason, I missed all along because he was a little bit older, but he also went to Central. He also grew up going to the Boys right. Club. He's also right. a and, Laurentian.
0: And his sister, Raquel, went to was a girls' club kid. Exactly.
1: Um, and all of these connections, right, because that's what we're good at. We're good about paying it forward. And he was executive director of um, um, the Boston chapter of the Association of Latino Professionals for America at the time. Um, once we had that initial sit down for coffee, for coffee, it was you know history ever since. And I've been involved with the with the organization and ever since. And I think what that organization has done for me in terms of a professional and how I've developed are, I I feel like I'll forever be indebted. Um, and I started clearly when I was a graduate student, and you know a couple of years after that, they gave me the opportunity um, to get a scholarship to attend Bentley University, where I got my MBA. So, you know, I, all these sort of pieces were starting to fall into place. I, you know, last year I completed the Boston Future Leaders program. Right now I'm doing a Lawrence Leeds program because there's, I find that there's value in always, right? I felt like I found a network where um, I could find, where, where there were people who were like me in leadership positions who were doing great things. Um, it's learning. Um, you're, you'll never know it all. Right. And um, I think that as people, there's always room for improvement and, and, and I also was mm, progressing right. in my education, right? Like I could continue. It's, it's funny because at one point my friends joked that I was just a professional student. And still to this day, like, and so I find those ways to the best of my ability.
0: And I think those programs that you mentioned are good examples of education happening outside of traditional schooling necessarily. Absolutely. Um, that there's different types of programs and avenues in which we could further our understanding in a host of different areas. Uh, You know, one, one thing where I would love to hear you talk about is the collective of women that published the book titled Extraordinary Latinas and how it is that you got involved with this project, what your experience was in the writing process and why people should read the book.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I'll just I'll say that it was an opportunity that came, and I never thought that I'd be sitting here today saying that I was a co-author. Certainly wasn't in the plans, uh, you know, a little over two years ago. Um, So to to me, it's one of those sweet things to be able to sort of add to my resume, um, you know, as as I continue to grow. Uh, I, I think really this opportunity came as an extension of this you know, my community involvement and my leadership and in this network that I've built. Right. So being part of Alpha, for example, has opened so many doors Um, and it has allowed me to make connections and and actually develop friendships and rewarding relationships with like equally fierce leaders. Right. And and not just Massachusetts, but like beyond because Alpha extends um, nationally, internationally now. We're in Canada. Um, But, you know, also meeting equally fierce Latinas who are, you know, leaders and who are paving the way in their respective fields, um, And all of them are keen on, on women empowerment, right? So one mm-hmm. of those women who, who I very, very much admire um, is actually the, the lead author of this book, Joseliana Rojas. And, and we actually do some great work together for the community. Um, and we both serve on the off of Boston board. Uh, so I, I think <clears throat> that certainly goes to show you the benefits of surrounding yourself with um, surrounding yourself with and creating a network of. Um, people who are not just leading the way, but are empowering you in the process, right? Um, you know, I, I I say that Rad is one of those people for me. Um, and he's, some. I, I like to say, find yourself a champion, right? Someone who's always, someone who's going to speak about you when you're not in the room. And, mm. you know, I have several of those people. I, of course, I've had to work to prove that I'm worthy of those, um, you know, sort of, of of that commitment. but, um, I think it's, it's powerful to also have that. And so I, I say that Rad, for example, is one of those people who, uh, you know, he, he, he knows what it is to go through this, right. As a fellow right. quarantine and someone who grew up here. Um, so I think just ha- being open to that, right. So I, that, that opportunity really came through, um, because of this network that I've been able to build. Um, and it's been really powerful and, you know, the, the writing experience itself was rewarding. Um, I think what I valued the most was really the introspection that was involved in the entire process, which really made me think about my journey as a young girl in Lawrence, right? And, you know, all the way to who I am today. Um, And of course, all of the challenges that I and many other Latinas face on the way to the top. Um, I think it really made me think about that journey, right? And how I was affected throughout of that, right? Like throughout all of that and, you know, the my experience with imposter syndrome, right, and authenticity and bringing your true self to the workplace and intersectionality and what does that mean, right? And um, it's it, it allowed me to really view that and kind of take back and be like, wow, this is the growth that I've done as a person. And then, you know, um, being able to put some of just my story in, and share that, those nuggets of information with others. And I think another beautiful thing, not so much about the writing was, um, for me, was reading the stories of these other, you know, 11 women, right, who brought um, to the forefront our diversity as Latinas um, and the role that intersectionality plays, right, throughout our journeys, right? So from the Afro-Latinx perspective to the immigrant perspective, um, there's a lot in that book that resonates with a lot of us, right? So, um, Mm. you know, the book is really just about that. It's about inspiration and empowerment. You know, you have these 12 personal stories um, from 12 separate Latinas in different stages in their careers and, you know, representing different industries. Um, We've shared our experiences with life, um, how to navigate through society, right? When we're prescribed certain like norms and certain ways that we're supposed to act. Uh, You know, we talk about the personal and professional struggles and the challenges that we've had to face, um, you know, but, but also we talk about why we're much stronger and resilient because Mm -hmm. of those experiences. Right. Um, So, you know, I think, Ultimately, we just hope that those stories that, you know, uh, you know, they, they show tenacity and grit, authenticity, and empowerment, that it resonates with someone with someone who's reading it. And then for me personally, um, you know, I hope that whoever's reading it and reading what I wrote is doesn't get discouraged with the journey. Right. Because, you know, I think we we go we go through a lot. Um But there's but there it, you know, like I say, it's you know, the struggle is real, but there is beauty in it. So,
0: well, I think it's important that. The next. Isis sitting at Central Catholic or Lawrence High School or the vocational school or name the school is able to to read of not just the triumphs of someone like you, but also the trials that you went through in order to experience such triumph. And so... Props to you for, for being part of that collective that published the book, Extraordinary Latinas. Mm-hmm. And it is Women's History Month. So who are some women in history that you admire and why?
1: Oh, God, this was a hard one because <laughs> I can like go on and on. Um, I think I'm going to start with the cliche, my mom. And I know you okay. said women in history, but... Um, no no my history I, listen, when, when i wrote the,
0: when i wrote the question and, and just because i've listened to you on at least one other interview i i thought that you'd probably say your mom as one of the individuals
1: yeah um what can i say about her right she's besides the fact that she's been that constant figure in my life um she's really her and her experiences in my family unit are the reason what i that I do what I do, and now my wife. Right, <laughs> um, but I admire her sacrifices and everything that she had to do to provide for us, what she couldn't attain for herself, and that just came with so much. It just came with so much. Miramengano, granojo talking about it, because mm. um, you know they, they, she struggled. She struggled. You know, she's coming from another country. Um, right. She wasn't able to finish her college education, even though she started it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she came here to work multiple jobs. Someone who was doing well in her home country comes here to, you know, work double factory jobs, different hours where she had to be away from her children. Um, you know, that's where the boys and girls have played a great role in our lives. Um, and you know, all of these things she was doing to provide a better livelihood for me and my brothers. Right. Um, cause she wasn't even worrying about herself at certain points. She was, she was doing all of this for us and just seeing, um, Everything that she had to go through is what has given me strength. Honestly, when I think about, um, it wasn't just that I found my passion for math, right, or, or that. I think there was a lot more that that did for me. So I'm really, really passionate about financial literacy. It's one of the reasons why I... um you know, I'm on several of these boards, right? Why I why I've done work with a lot of these boards in the educational space, right? So, Junior Achievement, where Rad is CEO, um, you know, I sit on the board of Phoenix Charter Academy, um, which has three different schools: Springfield, Chelsea, and Lawrence, right? Where they're um, really trying to educate, um, you know, that this the disadvantaged youth, and we know that Lawrence, Chelsea, and Springfield are are key communities for that. Um, you know, working with Latinos for Education, an organization that provides, um, uh, for me in this case, they have two different programs, but for me is taking leaders in the community who are not in the educational space necessarily, right, or academics, um, but training them to be on the board of these institutions, right, or in, or these organizations or nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So um, all these great organizations that are doing work out there for for, for, for the youth, for students, um, you know, I think that that has, that is what has driven me to that, right? It's the passion for that because uh, me getting to financial uh, stability uh, came with a lot of education around what it means to be financially literate, And we don't talk about that enough. Um, right. In the hood, right. Like we're worried about buying the freshest Jordans or Air Force's or the latest car. And, and um, we're not really th- talking um, like we even opening up a savings account.
0: Small right. Thing. Balancing a checkbook. Uh, the
1: simplest of things:
0: staying out of debt, of having that. an emergency fund, mm-hmm.
1: all these so, things. All these so, things. That, sorry, go ahead.
0: In In addition to your mom, who Who's another woman that ha- has had an impact in your life, uh, whether a historical figure or not?
1: Um. I think for me, there's historical figures. Right. But there's there's certainly all the mentors that have played a role since I've been a leader. Um, But, you know, in the spirit of Women's History Month, um, I I will say some of these key figures that we know um, and we celebrate like I, I love Frida Kahlo. (laughs) She's she was unapologetically herself. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. she she walked as she was two rooms, or even if, if at the time that was her own room. Um and she celebrated, even if she at the time she didn't know she was celebrating herself, right? She was celebrating her full queerness. Um, and at mm-hmm. the time that was like really unseen. Um and then her artwork, right? Her artwork spoke to the many experiences that we face as women. Um, you know, she confronted colonialism, you know, she she challenged the political landscape in Mexico at the time. Uh so you know, that's that's what you call like a a badass right um and and seeing that kind of um stuff is great la Mirabal sisters from dr right that's a great example you know they were against rafael trujillo and the dictatorship and um three of them you know were assassinated because of that so Mm -hmm. and these are women who i didn't mean or i didn't nothing but these are they were like paving the way for for everyone else to stand up and um for us women to to know that we have a voice um and that we deserve to you know to be celebrated and that we deserve a seat at the table.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So to, to those who are listening, uh, what is a message of encouragement that you want to offer them?
1: Encouragement. I I have (laughs) like encouragement. I I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm, I tend to be very like actionable and very fiery. Um, I'll kind of continue what I was just saying. Um, demand your seat at the table uh,
0: mm, we're all like deserving,
1: we're all deserving of our of our piece of the pie right um, though we're often told no or we're denied right our rightful place um and it won't come easy certainly my story and I have a long way to go right I haven't even scratched the surface of what I could become um it wasn't easy and it won't be easy for you and until the system the system which is the system is op- You know, fundamentally corrupt, until that is corrected. Which I, you know, you have to have hope that one day it it will. Um, Until then, we will have to work. You know, some people say twice as hard to get the return. I say twice as hard to get half the return. Sometimes I feel Mm. like I'm working that hard. Um, Mm. But you know,
0: that's real talk.
1: Each time I I accomplish one of those goals. I feel so freaking good. (laughs) Like it's, 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 it it feels so amazing. And so not only are you deserving, but um, everything that comes at the end, it it feels that much better and uh, you're much better for it. Um, I also say like, don't dream your goals, speak them into existence. Um, I tell myself myself that all the time. So like the more you say it, you know, the more you validate it and the more you validate it, the more you live it. So, um, you know, just keep that in mind and then be kind be kind to yourself
0: and, and be kind to others. We need a lot of that these days. That's great. That's great. Say it, validate it, live it. Where can we follow you? Are you a Twitter person? Are you an IG person, LinkedIn, Where, Facebook? Where can people follow you? I'm sure it's going to be people listening, whether now or later that are intrigued by your story. Uh, find something that, that they want to follow up with you about. Um, Maybe they read the book and they're like, nah, I need more. So <laughs> where can those people follow you?
1: Absolutely. Um, we are love to, to connect. Um, Isis Ortiz-Belton on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm also on Twitter as Icy chill, I-C-E-Y-C-H-I-L-L.
0: All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Isis, yeah. dropping all types of gems. You know, I think I'm going to have to have you back at some point just so (laughs) we can have an episode on financial literacy, because that's that's also something that I'm passionate about. And whenever I don't have the uh, math and finance mind that you do, (laughs) but I do understand some things, some of which I've learned through my own experiences, positive and Mm -hmm. negative, And some of which I've read about, I've researched, so on and so forth, some of which I've learned from experts like you. And so I would love to have you back at some point to talk financial literacy, because, as you stated, a lot of people, especially people from our community and communities like ours, need to hear that message. It needs to be reinforced and they need to hear from from folks that could deliver it. In bite sized chunks that allow for them to really process and put it in action. That's
1: right. That's right. I, I mean, I can't begin to thank you enough for for having me. And of course, I'll be back anytime. Um, this was this was absolutely great. And any chance that we can get to to create these spaces to have these conversations, right? This was just my story, but hopefully, something resonates with someone. Um, but to have financial literacy conversations, maybe it's a conversation around you know what we're experiencing um, within the educational space. I, you know, there's a lot going on, right? There's the max exodus of teachers who are just leaving right. by the thousands, and uh, there's a lot going on. Um, and happy to and happy to bring in other experts to, to,
0: to have a chat with you so all right well thanks again for your time peace and blessings be to you we will do this again as always your engagement in our classroom is greatly appreciated be sure to subscribe rate the show and write a review finally for resources to help you understand the intersection of race bias education and society go to multiculturalclassroom.com Peace and love from your host, Roberto Germán.